Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. I'm ready whenever. Yeah, we're ready. We're <clears throat> All right, pregame, postgame podcast, and uh, an addition that will talk some football, Mike. But <laughs> wow. it's the game itself, while important, and especially for those who've been elevated into new positions this right. week with Perry Fuel and Scott Turner, and for players that they want to show uh, that they can uh, remain a part of the core of this team. Uh, it still feels secondary to the news of the passing, uh, it feels like, almost like a funeral-type environment of Ron Rivera uh, through the organization after nine years, uh, fired his coach of the team, uh, five and seven. We've never had a coach right. be let go during the season before. We've only, This will only be the, uh, the fourth coach to depart where – uh, Coach Fuel will be Coach 5 technically, but we'll see as far as moving into the next season goes. But uh, uh, certainly a different, circus, uh, different set of circumstances that in 24 years of football we've yeah. never seen here before. Right, and it, and it does feel a little bit uh, more different than when John Fox left and even George Seifert. I mean, you could kind of see the ends in Dom Capers for that matter. You could kind of see the end coming. And I think some people maybe felt like this was a potential result, but maybe at the end of the season, like maybe, you know, um, Black Monday or maybe, yeah. you know, a couple of days afterwards. But, uh, you know, I think just the timing of it coming on a Tuesday, uh, I, th- I think caught maybe some people off guard. And, again, I don't think people were necessarily surprised, but maybe more more shocked at, at the timing of it. I think what it speaks to, though, is, um, you know, kind of that feeling, you know, today and we're taping this on Wednesday, um, is just how many people have just been out of, gone out of their way to say, but what a great guy. You know, obviously he did great things here and two-time coach of the year and took the team to a Super Bowl, three straight NFC South titles. Uh, but, you know, the last two years, and it's not necessarily all on his shoulders. I mean, you know, I think anybody with the franchise quarterback injured for 90% of your final two seasons, it's it's not going to be a good result. So, But but the fact that everybody was very complimentary of him and the impact that you know, he's had a greater impact, I think, on, on – the people's lives here in, in in the Carolinas than than and I mean that in a good way over the football. Yeah, no, definitely. When you think about um, both him and Stephanie involved with anything military, first of all, yeah. humane society, right. and, and dozens of other things. And it really, not every coach does that. You know, some coaches are all ball, all they do is coach, and you don't really see anything else out of them except they're football coaches, right. and they live in the office, and they sleep in the office, uh, but uh, not the case uh, with But you know, the Ron. one thing I liked about, I always appreciated about Ron over other maybe some other uh, coaches out there. It's he always would give you a thoughtful answer to a question. Now he might not always be able to tell you uh, everything that was going on. Just you know, you don't want to give up the farm. In fact, maybe sometimes he was a little too forthcoming. But I always put him in the category of a coach that kind of wants to spread the gospel of his sport, and he's very uh, into talking about the sport of football and, and mm-hmm. 
get it, to kind of get into things. You know, sometimes, you know, with injuries, I think towards uh, the last two, three years, that weighed on. I don't think he really particularly liked talking about it, obviously. I mean, no coach really does. But I, I always thought um, – I always felt like you got something out of his press conference. Well, I think he was human, too, in that if there was a social issue going on, sure. whether it was players kneeling for the anthem, and he brought up Eric Reed at right. his, post, uh, his final uh, press conference, I should say, uh, whether it's something um, that involves, like, say, police violence, you know, whatever the social issue uh, uh, that was in the news of that day, if it was presented to him, you know, he would talk about it, maybe have a T-shirt about it, yeah. you know, whatever the case might be. So, yeah, good coach, good human being. The good news is uh, he will be coaching somewhere else next year because wow. he wants to, and because he wants to, I think it's a layup uh, that he'll be coaching somewhere. When you're a two-time NFL Coach of the Year, that'll happen for him. So, uh, you know, it's while well, it's a difficult time now, we'll miss him here. Uh, you know, he's 57 years old. Yeah. He'll, he'll be coaching again in But look at his track record, too. I mean, you know, he came in and fall, he followed up a two-win season here, and, he, you know, within, what, four or five years, he took that team to the Super Bowl. Um and I think he there is you know that good guy about him, but he's also a guy that likes to promote his players. And what I mean, you know, what I mean by that is you know he likes to help them not just on the field but off the field and, and mm-hmm. wants them to get better. And I think you know, I think that's something that would work well in, in this day and age. You know, where, where people kind of want that, that feel good too. I mean, you know, not to say that he's not going to be a stickler, but you know, if you're uh, if you know if you're a team that has a young quarterback or is maybe getting ready to draft a quarterback uh, and has you know a bad record, you know. I think he's a guy that you would look at maybe to help turn around. I think he'd be good in a situation where you have some good pieces already and he just comes in and kind of turns the culture around. I think of teams that just lack discipline. I mean, there's so many talented teams that lack discipline. I mean, like Cleveland? Yeah, I was thinking (laughs) that first. Like, that would be, that'd make my heart happy. My hometown team get to Ron Rivera. I mean, that would, uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, But under a handful of teams, you could see, like, Dallas, I think, would be. A good spot for him. Yeah. Um, he brings stability and organization right. and all those. I mean, things. there's not yeah. a job open there, and you know he's got the relationship with the Dave Giants. Gentleman. Seems uh, like one for sure. So I know, I know, you know, Pat Shermer's only been there a couple of years, but you know, maybe you make that change there. I, I don't think there's going to be a change in with the Chargers, but you know, that's a situation where I think they're going to be looking, at, you know, at at, at kind of turning things around a little bit. So I don't know. I mean, there's there's a handful of places right now that I could think of that I think he'd be a good fit. There's typically about seven or eight openings every year, yeah. every year. And we're seeing more and more, you mentioned Cleveland, you know, one year. Right. You know, it used to be like you get – Well, Arizona last year. Yeah, you used to get like three, four right. years to yeah. show, to build what you do. It's like, no. no. <laughs> yeah, no. Not in today's Sorry, NFL. Not, yeah. So for the Panthers, it's Perry Fuel. And, you know, I just talked to Marty Herney about him. Of course, Marty will stay on as GM and they'll, uh, they'll add to his department. Uh, but uh, – he, he reminded us when they hired, and he was the one who pulled the trigger on hiring Ron Rivera, Perry Fuel came in second right, that's right. for that job from down the road in uh, Belmont, South Point High School, uh, Lenore Ryan College. And uh, they, they feel like he, he brings a lot of the attributes that they want to get a look at over the next four weeks as being a true candidate for the head coaching job here. Well, and, and Dave Tepper in his uh, media availability yesterday said he, he felt that Perry would come in and command a room and really like that, and they like his football acumen. So he's you know he's going to have an opportunity like um, – you know Scott Turner is to you know at running the offense, and you know they're they're going to get a little bit of a a taste of you know what elevated is. Now Perry's already been an interim head coach, so it's mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily new for him. But you know he's a guy that kind of like Ron. I mean, it, it's taken him a long time to get a true full-time head coaching position. But been around the league for a long time. Yeah. Defensive coordinator like Ron, a couple of different stops there. So that'll be interesting to see. And I think it'll be interesting, too, as they kind of get a look at Scott Turner as a play-calling offensive coordinator with his dad, Norv, being the assistant to the head coach for these four weeks coming up here. That uh, What better way to feel 
like you get a chance to get an opportunity. Your dad's right there on the right. staff. Uh, you're you're going to have some of the same ideas. So you, they kind of work hand in glove, which is why Norv was here. Was that Ron interested him? It, it, even when they weren't working together, it was kind of a weekly chat with Norv uh, talking offensive philosophies. So with Kyle Allen, you want to get the best sense of what what can you get out of Kyle Allen. And uh, with Scott Turner there, it'll be interesting to see what they concoct over the next couple weeks. And I think it's also interesting with the message it sends inside the locker room too. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people obviously in the locker room respected Ron, uh, but now you know the message is clear. Like you know, we're not accepting where we're at, and so it'll be interesting to see how this team responds over the next four weeks. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Meanwhile, they're playing Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, Atlanta, this is one yeah. of the reasons Ron's not here is Atlanta. 29-3 two weeks ago, right? And so that game was the one game we stopped the run, yeah. but uh, didn't do much of anything else good. Well, maybe if offense. it got to 28 at one point, 28-3, maybe the That was the hit. difference. You <laughs> had to block the extra point. You had to yeah. block the extra point. That was the turnover <laughs> game, unfortunately, with the four picks yeah. uh, for Kyle Allen. And last week, he played relatively clean, started the game off well anyways, and then um, they couldn't stop the run which is probably the most befuddling thing that's happened this season, was we've had some bad uh, games in terms of stopping the run, but the, considering who it was and what they do, right, but Washington's know, not known as that team. For them to go for nearly 250 yards, that was just uh, uh, alarming to well, watch They were averaging that. like 90 a game, less than that. It was like 89-something, yeah, right? Uh, the, what I thought was interesting, uh, and I think Eugene might have – I think we touched on this a little bit on the postgame show, um, but, you know, when you – you know, plan out the first 15 or 20 plays, right? And it, it seemed like that worked great. I mean, the, those first two drives, getting a lot of, fir- you know, getting yardage on first down, spreading the ball around, and then it kind of got into that that third drive. It just was like, all right, let's go to Christian. Let's go to Christian first down, first And it's almost like they stopped doing what was working and, and, and tried to kind of uh, – and I, I get the philosophy, I think. I mean, it was like get back to what we do and, mm-hmm. you know, try and pound the rock. Um, but, you know, that's what's interesting, I think, when you – chart those plays and then you start you know going willing not willy-nilly because everything's planned out but I don't know I don't know if that was a factor or not but it just seemed interesting that first couple of drives they were getting a lot of action on first down and then the rest of the game until the fourth quarter it kind of stalled out yeah unfortunately so I I do agree with like um, the fact you got new coaches in place You, you continue with Kyle Allen but I, I would reserve the last game or two to maybe get, not maybe necessarily start, but some action for Will Greer just because you spent a third-round pick on him uh, just to get him out there, get him a little bit of taste of football. Because they talk about how much that meant to Kyle last year at the end of the year uh, to get a little taste of, of playing. and how That helped him into the offseason and this year. And just to get, again, it's, it's a very small sample size, but just a little sense as an organization what you've got in a third-round pick in Will Greer. Sure, sure. Well, and I don't mean this to suggest tanking, but, you know, if – if they lose the first two of these next two games, so you'd go one and one, or go zero and two, one at home, one and on the road. Is what I was trying to say. Uh, why not see what you have in Will Greer in those final two games? Because you know, if if you're, I mean, let's face it. I mean, granted, right now five wins, um, but right now they're at the upper edge of you know thirteen, fourteen, fifteen in that area in drafting, um, and you know you you can't get a quarterback there, but do you want to? See what you have in Will Greer, or is the alternative then have to you know find that quarterback in the draft? Because if you know this is all dependent on Cam Newton, of course. Mm-hmm. We know today's having the surgery, and if that's a you know if you feel like he's coming back, um, is is Kyle Allen your guy? I mean, there's just the, the I mean the quarterback position is the most important decision that they're gonna have to make. It's so difficult because of the health of Cam, because right. everything points to after the surgery that he'll be ready by March. 
Well, what does that look like, though? I mean, right. <laughs> it's like he's also had a couple shoulder procedures. Well, it's like, it's like he was... fourth straight year where it's been like he'll be ready for March. Right, yeah. So yeah. you think that's the case, but is it? So, one, it's like, you know, how confident are you to roll yet another season with, with Cam, which is the final year of his contract? And secondly, if you were interested in just sticking with what you've got and adding a, a piece from the outside – what would you get in return yeah. for a guy that's not fully known on the meds as right. far as his medical clearance of what he'll be is able to bring to Is this time for somebody? Dave Gettleman? I mean, sometimes the answer's on the roster, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe make a phone call to Dave Gettleman and, uh, <laughs> hey, would you like a quarterback for a year? But, uh, yeah, I, you know, Cam, too, uh, he made the point uh, about a week or two ago at his charity event that he still wants to be here. Yeah. So, you know, that uh, he wants to come out and play for another season. Well, Ron here. made a good point in his press conference this morning. You know, up until the, the Pittsburgh game last year, you know, we know what a good, healthy Cam Newton can do. Right. Um, the the million-dollar question is, you know, and this is, you know, I don't know if this is how you plug in analytics on this one, but, you know, what are the odds that he comes back from this and can be back to that health when he hasn't had a full healthy season in, like, four years? Right. You know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's – but that, Because that, it's multiple surgeries on multiple body parts right. now, so it's a little bit harder. It's it's kind of uncharted well, it almost territory. almost becomes a trend, though, right? You know what I mean? It's like it's not – it's like it's here, it's here. But after a while, something like that, I think, starts to become kind of a trend. And as great as he was, you know, Thomas Davis is a linebacker. Right. You know, you could plug in another linebacker. It doesn't right. disrupt the whole thing. I mean, you talk about the leader of the offense, right. the, lead, the leader of the team. I mean, it's really difficult to go into a year not knowing if your starting quarterback right. can play or not. It's yeah. not like he's one of your – six or seven linebackers on the roster. Well, and, you know, I, I, we didn't do the show last week, but, you know, Darren had a good point a couple of weeks ago uh, on, on our postgame show. He said, And he may have even said this to you on the pregame show. Sometimes he uses the same material. I because it's so good. You want yeah, to get so it to good. both audiences. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we, what we, well, here's what we do know about Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen can come in and definitely run an offense uh, if you need him to as the backup. Like, he is a serviceable NFL quarterback. Now, is he a franchise-level quarterback? That's what we're still trying to figure out, and I, and I think the book is still out on him. Um, you know, and it's a different result now than it was the first his first four weeks where everything looked great. Now teams have made adjustments to him, and now he's got to figure things out. So that's a big piece of the puzzle. What do you have in Will Greer, and what's the health of Cam Newton? Uh, I mean, that makes for pretty good uh, soup in the offseason to, yeah. to figure out. I mean, out. there's 32 teams, right? So the question with him is, and again, you don't know the final book. He's learning. He's growing all the time. Is he one of the top 40 quarterbacks in the yeah. league? Top 30? Can he be top 20? Could he become a top 15? And could you live with that? So uh, you know, well, what, what's you the think, ceiling? And do you think you have a Super Bowl-caliber team where as long as he's not making mistakes, you know, I mean, a game manager. I mean, I think he can fit into that – uh, game manager role, but we'll have to see you know if he can step into it. He also got runs. sacked seven times last week, so he got sacked seven times. He got hit a bunch of other What's times. What's his sack rate? It's like five, four, three or four, five sacks yeah. a game. It's I mean, high. he's under a lot of duress back there. So it's a, again, it's like different quarterbacks can play better because they're not under pressure. Because I thought. Those seven sacks led to his jitteriness on that final play where he had an open Jarius Wright in the sure, corner of the sure. end zone. But then see him because he's as you look at that play, he starts ducking and diving. Right, right. He's seeing ghosts. Right. Well, he's doing he the Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. He was doing the Sam Darnold. Yeah, I see ghosts out, out yeah, there. Yeah, he was yeah. running away from nothing. Out, yeah. <laughs> he yeah, had a pocket yeah. and he had an yeah. open receiver. Yeah. He just didn't trust it. Yeah, no, <laughs> didn't, or didn't see it. Yeah, it was it was interesting. So uh, this is I don't know if this is cool or not or worth even mentioning, but I did something for the first time. So, you know, when we do the – so it's different for you guys because you guys in the booth, you have windows, and, and you know, you you get the, the ambiance of the stadium. 
Um, normally, where we sit with, with the rest of the media, it's behind glass, and they do kind of pipe in some sound, but you never it, it's you never really get a f- true sense of atmosphere, right? So, to do the show now in the uh, the fifth quarter now in the the North Lounge, which has it's been a lot of fun. It's been great. Uh, Brett and I got there. We left about nine minutes to go. We had a few minutes to kill, so I just went and sat, uh, you know, in the 300 level, 400 level there or whatever, uh, and watched the last two and a half minutes of the game. And it was, it was, it was for me, it was a great perspective. But it was great to see the – because I think the first play I saw or the second play I saw was the touchdown run, mm-hmm. Kyle Allen's touchdown run. So you were like a fan. I was like a fan. It was and there were plenty of empty seats by that point. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the case, yeah. <laughs> Which that, you don't want, but – No, no, you don't want to do that. But, but it, it was kind good. Of, and by the way, your show sounded great, too, on the post guy I was driving home listening to that. It sounded like you had a good crowd Thanks. there for the postgame show. Yeah, it's – you know, I mean, and, you know, Eugene's been – as you guys know, I mean, Eugene's been a great addition to uh, – to the post game show and it's a lot of fun and I mean he is a magnet I mean people just it's tell funny. me about it seventeen yeah. years yeah I mean it's it'll get you through hallways and like uh, through crowds and stuff like that as yeah. as your blocker yeah you know, Eugene just draws the crowd and it, it frees you up to to be able to wander where you want to be yeah that. no it's it's um no but it's a lot of fun and that's a, and what's been really fun is uh, you know people have kind of stayed and hung out and and watched the the four o'clock that's games. a great setup. Yeah. All right, before we go, one last thing is uh, your other job, uh, one of them anyway, is Winthrop basketball. And yeah. you had a game. We had a great game against Duke on Friday at Cameron Indoor. You were up there at Cameron Indoor yeah. Stadium. Duke, how was the the atmosphere of being up there? Atmosphere was great. Um, I, I wasn't – I mean, you know, they've had like a 400 straight sellout or something like that. So you knew it was going to be a, a full crowd. But I'd only been there for a women's game before, an NCAA tournament game. Uh, so it was my first men's game. You know, I've seen a lot of games on TV there. But – uh, it was great. The ambiance, uh, the crowd, getting into all the songs that you, you see them do every week. And, and you know, for Winthrop, coming off the Stephen F. Austin loss by Duke on Tuesday, and we played on Friday, uh, one of the important things was t- how is Winthrop going to come out in those first four minutes? Because you knew Duke was going to come steaming downhill, you know. Right, and uh, you yeah, know, the bad Winter timing players, on the schedule yeah, for you guys. I know, I know. But the Winthrop players, I mean, they it was a game for, you know, 35 minutes, 36 minutes. I mean, it was it was, you know. Duke got up 12 at one point, then Winthrop brought it back to six in the final three and a half. And then Duke, uh, Joey Baker, the kid that actually came in and played after Zion Williamson got hurt last year, um, he uh, hit two big threes. And then that was, it was Katie bar the door at that point. Nice. Did you use that? I did not. I just thought of it. <laughs> but, you know, that's more I of a football expression. Money. Yeah, well, you get paid money anyways, trademark yeah. anyways. Yeah. But, uh, well, good. I'm glad you guys yeah, every every defensive coach that wears, like, the bike shorts would, would say that. <laughs> Katie bar the door. Katie bar the door. All right, so that'll do it for this week. Uh, next week we'll, we'll preview Seattle, look That's back right. at Atlanta. Hopefully we'll not be talking about a losing streak any longer, but yeah. obviously we'd be a lot of interesting things to chat about with the, the coaching changes this week, so we'll talk to you then. All right. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull. Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.